Howdy, Cryptonauts, and welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, episode 534 for this July 19th, 2023. And I don't know why I'm talking with an accent, but I am. <laughs> What's up, Mike? We got Jake and Mike in the house. We uh, we got a good podcast going on. We're going to talk about some CBDCs here. Russia to start testing digital rubles CBDC in August, barring Putin's veto. All right. First of all, CBDCs are a thing all around the world. Yes, indeed. Um, so in regards to Russia, I guess uh, uh, President Vladimir Putin is going to be signing a bill pretty soon here. And starting August 1st, which is right around the corner in a couple of days, um, pretty much they're going to start testing CBDCs. So, yeah, that's pretty much a wrap with this news. And until next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we yeah. know that throughout, in fact, Mike mentioned pre-show that, that Nigeria has a CBC. We already know India has been doing CBC testing. In fact, I think London is doing, or UK is doing CBC testing. I just like saying CBDC because it sounds like cannabis. No, I'm just um, <laughs> CBD. Uh, the, uh, a lot of people are testing it. The United States is trying to figure out if they want to do a CBC, but for, 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 yeah, for the pre-show, 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 John also mentioned something the United States is doing as of of July 1st, which is called FedNow. Uh, FedNow is not actually a, a surprise. I thought that we would, we would be able to use FedNow ourselves, but no, FedNow is only for banks and financial mm -hmm. institutions to use to talk to the Fed um, to, in order to make transactions go a lot faster than they currently do, skipping through all that ACH crap that we've been using for years. But anyways... Let's let's at least start with uh, what is all going on here with Russia, so mm -hmm. then we can lead into the rest of the stuff. Yeah, they're making basically what uh, what Russia plan, plans on doing is making a digital ruble, right? Yes. That's their CBDC, and that's what they want to do. So they uh, they they uh, pa passed a bill to the uh, the Federation Council uh, on today, yep. and uh, so with that said, hey, they're going to start testing CBDCs. Question is, uh, how is that going to affect the rest of the world? Exactly. You know, that, that exactly. lot of, a lot, a lot of countries, you know, with uh, with sanctions going on currently because due to the war that's been going on for quite some time now, um, obviously they want to become independent and detached, just like a lot of other countries. I think uh, we're talking about what was it, China and Africa? Africa was one of them as well. well uh, trying to detach from, from sorry, uh, trying to detach from uh, one of the. Um, uh, well, I mean, the US, Nigeria, US federal bank, yeah, right? Nigeria is trying to get. Was it Nigeria? Yeah, Nigeria was the one that yeah, was really doing it. Nigeria. Okay. All um, right. But we already know that well was trying to break, break away from the US. It didn't pick a CBDC, it picked Bitcoin. Um, not that that's a bad choice. But the main real key thing here is the US dollar has, for the longest time, literally since the 70s at least, been the de facto coin in the world. You know, everybody's judged like. Why do we judge Bitcoin on its value in U.S. dollars? Why not euros? Why? I mean, people do, obviously, but most people just mention U.S. dollars. In fact, when you're talking about commodities in almost any country, you could be talking about oil in China, and people still talk about it in dollars. And I'm sure China doesn't like that. Um, but for some reason, everybody keeps picking U.S. dollars because the U.S. dollar was decided upon by the U.N. Uh, I believe it was the U.N. or it was the United Nations. Yeah, it's the United Nations. Um, that that was going to be the de facto money for the freaking planet and russia and china and nigeria and venezuela uk all have this chance to pull away from the us as 
something that is important to the world for money's sake, they finally have a way to get away. And that's what they're doing. And it's not the only thing isn't they're doing it, but I mean, Russia obviously needs to get away from the U.S. because of sanctions. Um, but the comment I was making to, to Mike at the beginning of the show, or prior to the beginning of the show, was that I think that the reason uh, China's doing it primarily, obviously they do it for control too, is they're sick of having to deal with the U.S. dollar. And if they can get their coin, you know, the RMB, into the hands of other countries, which they are, they're giving it to other people, mm. um, then they can stop looking at U.S. dollars altogether. They're like, no, 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 RMB is a coin that everybody uses. Or Nigerian, you know, unit of fiat. I don't know what they... If, I'm going to call it the dollar because that's why I keep thinking of U.S. money. So, um, what do you guys have to say about other countries? Well, I got I to just reiterate what I've been saying all along since the beginning of this whole CBDC um, news uh, for, like, what, the past couple of years is that just hashtag, just say no to CBDCs. CBDCs is straight up a mass surveillance tool, period, period, okay? So if, if America wants to consider a CBDC, that is literally surveilling the citizens, all right? It's so bad. It, CBDC is, like, I don't think people truly understand how much privacy they're giving away with the CBDC. Yeah. You know, it's it's really bad. It's already bad enough that they that, that they can track us with... Uh, with our cell phones and all our data there, all our accounts using IP addresses, you know, uh, um, even you know using VPNs. But I, the last, the last part of privacy, you know, that they can take over is with the CBDC. Is obviously the the, the last um, physical transfer of, of of currency, right? Right. The dollar to you know hand to hand exchange. Now, if they have the CBDC in effect, they can they can track all that stuff, yeah. and they can ultimately decide who gets to have. Uh, fiat, fiat yep. in their account or yep. freeze their accounts yep. depending on, that's that's horrible it's an absolute horrible thing that that it, it that should exist absolutely not uh, yeah i just wanted Example to put that, on that you're, you're, i think you talked about this uh, several months ago when they had the protests in canada and those mm -hmm. guys had their debit cards completely shut down so they couldn't yep. buy food anymore or get you know, I, no, e no even people, even people that were trying to donate to uh, to the people out there, saying, "Oh, you can't, uh, you can't access your account. No worries, man. We're right. we're su we're supporting you, okay? Yep. You know, we're supporting you. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do donate some money to you so you can so you can get it. No, you, they they can't access their account. That's it's crazy, you know. Right. So I ended up switching over to uh, to to Bitcoin and to other coins, right? Uh, Ethereum. I think it was Bitcoin, Ethereum, and someone. I, I think Dogecoin was another maybe. Yep. Um, but yeah, basically crypto, and that's how they're able to, you know, survive out there. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah. And CBDC, it just makes it that much more, you know, controlling. You're giving you're giving more power up to, to government. That's it's yeah, so, not a good thing. Yeah. So the main concern herein is that, as we said, we even have T-shirts. <laughs> I wish you could put that T-shirt on that we made for the show, but you didn't get to wear. Uh, not yeah. your not your uh, keys, not your crypto. Is really the exactly. fact remains if you are not holding the keys to the coin. I think it, I think it made a rant about this probably three weeks ago, right before we started doing this version of the show. And the real thing came down to uh, the fact that with with the the U.S. dollar at least, or maybe a euro or whatever the local coin was in the physical paper or coin format, was that you could 
you could move the, the money from yourself to another person within your f physical vicinity. But if you wanted to do it, like, you know, purchase something online, you had to use what we call the check. And you still had to, if you're going to send that check to somebody in another country, you'd have to get send it to an exchange who would exchange it to that person in that currency. Now, you know, through am thing, to places like Amazon and Alibaba, you can just pay them and they pay the, the local vendor, but you do that through a digital format. This, the, the problem still therein is, as, as was demonstrated with the protests in Canada uh, when they cut them off from their, their funds, is that digital currency still isn't really in your hands. It's your money, but it can be controlled by a central entity like a bank. Even if it's a private bank, it's, it's still something it can be controlled that way. And so what crypto does is it gives you back the original version of the digital, of the um, physical, you know, folding paper coin format, um, even though in this case it's digital. And then mm -hmm. you can directly pay whomever you wish, however you wish, whatever coin you want to use, whatever coin they accept, um, anywhere in the world. There's no longer a third party that you have to talk to. And of course, they're going to take their cut just by sending it to another, another country. Um, and depending upon who you're sending it to, it can be a very big cut. I was noticing, uh, just as a side to this comment, uh, if people are sending money back from, from India, or from the United States to India to help their family in India, uh, the amount of money you can, be, can be cut by as much as 25%. So if you send $100 back, they'll only receive 75 If you send, I mean, if, it gets, if, it, if it's $100 in Ethereum, it'll probably be zero, but... <laughs> If you said something like Algo, Algo or um, or Poly, uh, there's a bunch of other coins like Doge. The fees are minimalistic. You know, selling sending $100 in Doge uh, back to India would be a fractional penny of cost to send. So the advantage, of course, of crypto, if it's not already obvious, I'm sure people who watch the show know that for a fact, is that you're not using a third party and you have no borders. So if you're going to give your power up to a up to your government with your, your coin, then you're basically going back to those poor people, those guys, the truckers in in um, in, uh, in Canada, where their accounts got shut down, and the CBC mm -hmm. they, they can just like, oh, uh, how much money do you have? Oh, you got you got sixty seven thousand dollars in savings in your C in your US CBC account. Yeah, that's ours now. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Hmm? You're going to obey us now? Is this the fascist state? Now you're you're in our control. And it's 1984. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean I understand the reasoning. Bitcoin is the only way to go if you want to keep your or not Bitcoin itself, but something like Bitcoin or, or Lightning to keep your Monero. Your Get yourself hands. some Monero, yeah, Monero man. Think, yeah, that's a great uh, way to ultimate privacy, man. Yeah, because they don't they can't see what you're, where you're sending money after it's gone to the next person. So yeah. yeah. Uh, Russia has really good reasons. I mean, the sanctions are the first ones. I'm not saying I'm in favor of Russia attacking Ukraine. I'm not. Um, but one of the first things that happened after the Ukraine war started, not within like two months. No, no, it wasn't even that long. It was like three weeks. You know, a, a lot of the things that were happening in, in, in uh, Ukraine were banks were getting shut down. You know, things were, weren't moving. And so I, I don't remember how much money. I think it ended up being like $30 million overall was sent in various formats to the Ukraine to support them through crypto. We, we, we talked about this before. What was it? Um, was it Tonga? That wasn't Tonga. What was it? Was it, was, was it Fiji? I can't remember which island nation was in the, in the South Pacific that, that had a, a major uh, 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And they uh, donated a lot of uh, they donated uh, crypto, a lot of money yeah. through crypto because they yeah. could. Yeah. You know that if you have a phone, a satellite phone, you got uh -huh. crypto. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about the banks being up. You don't have to worry about ATMs being available. It's just there. So uh, I I can see a lot of good reasons. Well, I guess beneficial reasons for countries to go with CBDCs, but for the sake of their citizens, not so good. Okay. Here, I'm gonna ask Mike since we have Mike in the house. The hey. difference between the difference between a centralized and decentralized, uh, um, I guess. Uh, Change. No, uh, well, is it? I don't know if C CBDC is not really blockchain though. So, uh, network, I guess. No. Let's say network. Yeah. What's your question? What was it? What was your question? What's your question? The difference, the difference between a, a centralized, decentralized uh, uh, network. Oh, that's easy. Writing the rules. You know, if you're one person or 10 people and you want to change the rules, that's a lot easier than trying to change the rules if you are tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people. Right. So it's, you know, that in itself is a checks and balances. <laughs> that's a good point. Can you imagine having to vote on a rule with uh, uh, the entire planet, all about 8 billion of us now. It's like, okay, all of you have one vote. Vote on whether or not you want to change to make this something or other in Bitcoin. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, still vote. Are they so going to vote? Probably not. But um, if, if you wanted to increase the max supply of Bitcoin 10x, that's really hard to do. Now, if you're, you know, your own node and your own thing and your own platform and you control the rules, all you got to do is just type a few things and then boom, that's a change. Right. Yeah. And that's, my friends, listeners and viewers, is the difference between decentralized crypto like Bitcoin and a centralized network like a CBDC controlled by governments and nations around the world. So yeah, I, I guess I sang the praises of CBDCs, the functional pur purpose. And I, I guess as it relates to Fed now, like I said, was uh, only financial institutions and not individuals. The advantage of Fed now is that it moves us away from uh, automated clearinghouses, which is the current tech way a lot of money is transferred in the United States. But we also move us to some degree away from the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act currently right now says that every single dollar that goes through, you know, uh, up to a certain amount, certain dollar amount has to get checked before it gets moved on to make sure it's not going to some terrorist organization. But if the Fed is willing to allow you to move money within 20 seconds, they don't have the time to check it if what your transaction is relates to something in the Patriot Act. There's um, my question on, on a CBDC. Um, I, obviously, we don't know how the back end works, um, but uh, curious, just just. Give me some feedback on this. What, can it can a network like that, like a CBDC, since it's centralized, uh, be DDoSed? Hmm, that's a good question, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, it just depends on how it's set up. You know, because the bank or whatever, it's two systems. It's the code you're inputting, and then people accessing the code. Right. So you know, the the main problem with CBDCs is the code input. And usually those the infrastructure around it, like I don't I don't think a bank is gonna get DDoS, or not a big one. A small one maybe. But if you're gonna attack a bank, 
and you're gonna, you know, receive the eyes of all of the law enforcement agencies that have the power to ruin your life. <laughs> I would, I would not DDoS a bank personally ever. <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a botnet doing it, not you personally, then well, the botnet's gonna. Do you know, yeah, they'll, hey, they'll, they'll find, you, they'll find who made the botnet. There are groups out there that. Uh, this is a bold statement, but I'm going to say are virtually untouchable. And I'm going to um, say which. <laughs> I, yeah, you're, you're, there you go. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Yes. It's, the Lazarus Group is one of those um, hack, hacking groups from North Korea that has been successful many folds over at yeah. hacking uh, and, and taking nations, nations uh, uh, money. Um, and, and civilians' coins, they've taken down chains. You know, yep. they 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 don't they they do a lot of damage. Of yeah, they definitely exploit a lot of different things. They are difficult to uh, stop. I would not deny that at all. And it's not just because they're backed by a nation of them uh, themselves. Um, I think one of the things that Mike was pointing out with with the taking down a bank, um, it's not if you were attacking a single small. A point of entry like like an authentication server and not all mm -hmm. authentication servers are just one computer they're usually a, a network of computer or a cluster of computers and if you knocked one out well, another one would just step in and take over and then in a lot of cases banks aren't even doing their own authentication it's some sec third party company that's doing all of the authentication for them I don't even know a single bank that really hosts all their data in their own data centers but rather usually farms that out to someone else um, but in general there's a lot of things like Cloudflare, as an example, where the, they'll pay Cloudflare to make sure that they can't get DDoSed, or at least it's difficult to do. Um, and so for things along those lines is going to probably prevent uh, the likelihood of a person DDoSing the crap out of a bank. But when it comes to the U.S. government, has the U.S. government ever been DDoSed? I don't know. I know Sony has. I was actually working for a company when Sony did get DDoSed um, and then hacked. <laughs> um so it's, it's not impossible, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there's all kinds of government servers out there right now that may or may not be, be getting, or may or not, God, can't even talk, um, being attacked by federal, uh, other federal groups like Lazarus Group. Um, and it's just, it's a question of easy target, right? Thieves tend to I mean, attack what's easy to attack. Federal government, not easy to attack. So. Well, well. Okay, maybe I don't know about now, but you know, so I listen to I listen to some other podcast, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 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 what is it? Um, I think it's called Dark, Darknet Diaries. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Darknet I Diaries. What was that? I love that podcast. Okay, okay, so I did say it right. Okay, cool. So there was a, <laughs> one of the guys that was being interviewed there, and he was one of those individuals, a single individual that did attack um, a federal. Well, pretty much defacing uh, websites, right? Um, I don't know. I don't recall if he actually uh, hacked into the network itself. Maybe he did. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, just that's technically, you know, defacing, defacing a website is already bad enough as it is. You know, people won't be able to access the website. So, for example, you know, if we all we all need to rely on, on our CBDCs and we need to actually tap into the network to check our accounts or whatever. Well, I mean, they don't necessarily have to access the main servers just dosing out the um, dosing out the, the the front end, right? They're facing the they're facing the website and just preventing us from accessing that would cost millions of dollars, I'm sure, 
and and damages just that alone um yeah there's there's like i said the there's ways of stopping that. Like I said, Cloudflare is one of the methods. I'm sure there's plenty of others. I don't know of their names, but they they stop the action so that the the constant requesting, which is what DDoSing is, right? Distributed denial of service, mm-hmm. um, is stopping it before it really gets anywhere. So it's like your guys are all attacking this one website or this one IP address or maybe a series of IP addresses, and then what they just do is they just start blocking. You know, obviously you can't block millions of attackers simultaneously but is that or they just shut it down and move to a backup um i know that was what was happening when i worked for a different uh data center company it was you know ddos's small ddos's happen it was the ones were like maybe you know ten thousand or hundred thousand simultaneous users just to try to hit a small block somebody that didn't have a lot of support and if they had something like cloudflare set up on the front that would just stop all the access to that and then they dropped the back the backup or fail over to the backup and then, you know, it would come back up again. Now, obviously, if you're still trying to go to the same domain website, it would be good to have a backup to that. If you have a single point of entry and that gets attacked, you take it down and then you wait for the attack to stop because that I means there's nothing to attack and the attack just stops because what else are they going to do? Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know the full extent of what all the attack does, but I'm going to say that, that it doesn't have to last forever. I will admit that when watching things like gaming networks, and particularly the Battle.net or Blizzard network, they get DDoSed all the time. It happens a lot. And not just from the fact that there's you know millions and millions of people trying to play the game, but um, there's all kinds of places that can be attacked that might be weak points that you're just not thinking about. And of course, the more people attack, the more you can fortify. So that's the point I was trying to get at originally was that Yes, it's a possibility that someone could DDoS the U.S. government's, you know, CBC. It's unlikely, and I guess, I guess what you were getting at, John, ultimately was like a distributed network or a typical distributed network like Bitcoin or some other, uh, you know, mining-based network. Uh, you've got thousands upon thousands, if not millions, of nodes. You can't attack them all, so the network's going to stay up, most likely. But if you have ten nodes, pardon. Uh, so it'll be really interesting with FedNow because I don't think they're going to get DDoS, but it's also, you know, U.S. Jump. Like with a bank, you know, there's not going to really be infrastructure problems because they're going to pay for them. Right. And the government, on the other hand, has history of being cheap. I remember when Obama when Obamacare came out, the website just crashed because oh, the yeah. government didn't anticipate so many people no. going on the server. No, I like that wasn't a DDoS, but that was a DDoS. Yeah. No, so I think you said now that could happen. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly right. It was not bots. It was humans coming in. Yep, I do remember that. Uh, In fact, uh, one of the servers was in one of the uh, data centers I was managing, and it just got wrecked. It absolutely got wrecked and slammed. I was like, they spent so damn much money on this project. I think it was just for one state, just not, not even like a primary state. And it was just a backup node for that state. And it just got completely slammed by the people trying to get into it. They did not prepare at all. And I wouldn't say that, put, put that past almost anybody. You, know, you don't necessarily know how many people are going to sign up. If it's only going to be 15 million people, which is, I think, what they were planning for, and, and you end up with 100 million trying to sign up, <laughs> okay, then you, mess, you miscalculated. So, anyways, it, it's, 
I think that, I mean, obviously the U.S. is just looking into it, and Russia, even though they're signing well, this yeah, law. Well, yeah, just to piggyback off that real quick. So it looks like, according to this article, that uh, the Biden administration is actually going to backtrack on the CBDC for now because um, there's been a lot of backlash from representatives yep. um, and in regards to uh, privacy invasion, mm-hmm. which is... Is 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 a thing. Like, That's what we've been saying is, all yeah. along, man. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so just really quick, uh, the difference between what's going on with uh, with Russia's digital ruble and uh, China's digital yuan is, uh, I think, when they first when China first came out with theirs, and I, I it was basically for mass surveillance, right? I don't think it, that was initially the idea. That's have more control Social of of control. the of. Yeah, more, more control instead of having having their money being exported out of the nation, keep the, keep the money in in local community. That's the way they're 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 um, they're shilling it. Mm-hmm. They're telling the citizens, hey, it's good for local small businesses. It's great. You get to get the stipend and you get to help stimulate the economy this way. But of course, it can't it can't leave the nation. See, uh, uh, the digital yuan can't leave the nation. It stays in China. Stays there, okay. Same thing with the, the Russian ruble. What it looks like, what they're going to do is uh, you won't be able to stack sets or st- stack CBDC. Um, you stack won't rubles. be able to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're only going to be able to to use the the authorized networks, uh, banking networks that that are approved by by the federal uh, uh, by the federal bank of Russia. Um, and the Fed, uh, of course, of course, the central bank of Russia is going to be the one uh, managing the, the CBDC and the distribution of that. And we'll determine who's going to be able to get it and who doesn't get it for the at least for the first wave, the the, the test. Yep. Um, but yeah, but the difference between China is mass surveillance, and, and Russia is just to get away from the uh, uh, to detach from the sanctions and just just help their economy be stimulated by their their central bank and, and their and their citizens. Which okay, in, in sense, I, 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 guess, I see what they're doing. You know, because I'm, I'm like, I can't even, I can't even begin. To imagine exactly what a dictatorship is trying to do ultimately, rather than just control. But I mean, if they're trying to centralize control, that is a really good way of doing it. Was, wasn't it Nigeria that was a couple months ago that were protesting the yeah. uh, anti-CBDC? Yeah, that's correct. No, they were not. They were not into it, even though the government says, "Hey, we're going to do this." And they're not. Yeah. Nope. And then India was also looking into it. I don't know if they've started doing it yet, but they did definitely talk about it. And we already know that the UK has been talking about it too. So a lot of countries. I mean. They could just save a lot of hassle and just get something like a Chiva wallet and start using Bitcoin oh. as a regular currency, right? It's also worth noting that the CBDC product out of Nigeria is an overstock-owned uh, company. Yep. Right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I don't think we were talking about anything else. CBDCs and FedNow are the primary topics of this show, so... We thank everyone for listening and or watching. Thank you, all of you on Twitch. Thank you, everybody on YouTube. Thank you, everybody is listening to us on Spotify's many various formats that they broadcast out onto. If you're listening to us instead of watching us, we encourage you to come and check out our Discord channel where you can talk to Mike, John, and myself at any time, although John's probably on there more often than the rest of us. Um, you can also check him out on his Twitter, uh, Blockchain John. And uh, you can see a lot of our content, like I said, through our Discord. We're going to start doing our interviews hopefully soon. Uh, but we just want to let everybody know where you can find us. Check us out. It's Cointree 
slash c3media. That's t-o-i-n-t-r dot e-e slash c3media. That's where all of our links are. And as we say, it's the end of every single show. Stack sets and, and huddle. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes.